Congratulations, you found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. If I buy you a cookie, will you go through the drive-thru? Always. It's not about a cookie. It's it is about the cookie. You don't understand. Listen, she took a Benadryl. She's gonna ride that I'm baby gonna to the plow fullest. Through some bread products today. Oh, sheesh. Need some salted you caramel girls are cookies gonna be in my life. Pu- you girls are gonna be some puffy bitches tomorrow. I'm just gonna sit in my house and watch Good Omens, so I'll be fine. I'm already done. Oh, not yes. really. I'm glad that you did it and you liked it. Oh, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Terry Pratchett is smiling down. It's going to be so good. It's so awesome. I'm going to watch it again. Now that I'm done, I'm going to go back and watch it again. Go there... watch Outlander. Oh, mm, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's good. I I watched the first episode so far. <laughs> it came out on Monday, and that's all I've gotten through. I've seen the first half of the first season, because it was I got it on the cheap at Half Price Books. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it at the moment. There's a couple of other things I really want to watch. I'm doing a magic trick right now. <laughs> oh. Are you in two places at once? I am in two Ooh. places at once. She's got Hermione's little... Uh, Hermione's time turner. I have Hermione's time turner. I am on the radio right now and talking to you guys. Ooh. Aren't you impressed? Yes. (laughs) I love being a time traveler. Speaking of time travel, we're time traveling again this week and probably for the next few weeks because uh, we're a week ahead. Because somebody has to go on vacation. I know, and we're going to be a week ahead for a while in order for me to go on vacation, so. I have to do a Martha and figure out what book I want to review now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's my trick. Actually, I'm super ready today. Well, see, because I read two because I wasn't sure if we were recording two, and I really like the second one I read, but usually I like to review them in order because, you know, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she has to do everything in a certain order. Everything has to be in order, man. <laughs> How can you have sex? That's what I'm wondering. How could you do that? Do you have to do it the same every time? God, no. That's boring. You confuse me. Everything has to be in order, but yet it has to... Uh, I don't know. Everything has to be in order, but also sometimes I watch things and read things in books, and I'm like, hmm, let's try this. <laughs> 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 and then it gets added to the rotation or what? Well, not really rotation. I mean, I'm not always orderly. Okay. Just wondering if there's some kind of a, a, a rhyme to your reason. Evidently not. Evidently you're, you're just weird. In the reading world, yes. <laughs> not in everything I do, okay? Well, you eat everything in order. I just figured, you know, the rest would follow. Well, I mean, it goes in order as far as, like, you know, you take clothes off first. Well, at least you're not cutting holes in anything. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's a good, I mean, a good thing. I mean, don't rip my damn buttons off. <laughs> yeah, well. 
<laughs> Nicole's eyebrows are going up. I think we're, are we reaching bad territory? Always. We're always Maybe reaching. Nicole just doesn't really care about my sex life. <laughs> that could be it. I can't imagine that no one would be interested in that information. Dude, let me just remind you, I watched the first episode of Outlander next to my boyfriend and blushed the whole time. Like, the first episode. Next <laughs> to her boyfriend. Oh, it's like you watch the credits and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like the Tudors. It's worse than the it Tudors, I think. It is worse than the Tudors because it's newer. <clears throat> what does that have to do with anything? Dude, there were tits in the first, They've decided, first episode. They're like, we can like, go farther out. now. Thank you, thanks to the Tudors, we can now go farther than well, it's also, we otherwise yeah. would have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I was going to say it was also on Stars, but Tudors was HBO, I think. No, I think it was on Stars too. It's been a long week. It was week. a short week. It's a actually. long week. Well, short week for you. <laughs> I worked on Monday. Oh. I didn't. I didn't. It was still a lo- like the longest week ever. I worked well, on Monday oh. and today. It's been a long week. Well, I worked today because I had <laughs> one of the people I supervise called in today while I was sitting on my couch binging Good Omens. But you were still able to finish. I, I was able to. I, I was. And it was the Look, weekend. That just came over from Martha. Like just now. Well, Why are you texting me while you're sitting there? I told you it's the time turner. My, my phone's being. Like, either you're serious about the thing or my phone's being crazy. I am serious. I am a time traveler. You guys don't believe me, but it's true. I'm zipping back and forth all the time. If you're doing that, then could you share? Yeah. Help yeah, us please. out. I need about 40 more hours in my day, not just my week, my whole day. <laughs> yeah, well, sadly. If you could time travel, could you go ahead into the future and find out what those lotto numbers are and help us God out? damn it. I always forget the numbers. That's the, the, the issue. She's a time travel, but she's forgetful, so it does no yeah. good. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the issue for me, girl. It's really useless. Remember when I was I told you the story. I don't I don't think I ever told it on the podcast, but when I was a young person, Many, many years ago, I was a cocktail waitress for like five minutes, a couple of months. And the guy who was the boss wouldn't allow us to write anything down. So you would go to the table and take an order and you were required to remember the order. That's not good. And go and give it to the bartender. This person that you're looking at could not remember a drink order between the table and the bar. So I would have to go back sometimes two or three times to ask what their order was again. That's not good. And then the IRS charged me for tips that I never made because they have this thing called allocated tips where if the bar makes a certain amount of money, then the cocktail waitresses made this many tips. Well, I am here to testify that I was the world's worst fucking cocktail waitress, and I never made any tips, but I got charged for them anyway. (laughs) I wish that was a story, but it is the truth. The truth. I was the worst cocktail waitress in the history of the modern world. Well, shoot, I have a... I can remember things better than you can, and I don't know if I could remember somebody's order from the time... I left the table because think about how what happens between the time you might leave a table till the time that you get to the bar, especially if you have more than one table. So I have to say the there's a bar 
like we go to at, with work people that mm-hmm. Martha will never step foot in because of how smoky it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a hole in the wall bar, which is one of the best type of bars. Mm-hmm. And uh, the waitress, her name is Linda. And she is the greatest waitress in the entire world because not only does she remember what you drink, but she remembers you every time you go back. So she will, as soon as you walk in, she hands you your drink, like instantly. She knows. She knows. And she's one of those people who also can run your tab up real easy because by the time you have like this much left of your drink, she brings you another another one and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to. (laughs) <laughs> keep drinking like but she's a genius she is a genius see that's uh-huh. the, that's she's the kind awesome. of people that this guy wanted to work for him he figured you could just you know just gain that skill no. of remembering and i am i have a i have the fucking short-term memory of a fruit fly <laughs> i can't do it it is physically impossible for me to remember that kind of information it just isn't relevant to my life you have the short-term memory of a fruit fly who's been smoking marijuana. Yeah. Dude. Check it out. This, this apple is fucking awesome. Wait, what were we eating again? Where did, Where are we? What? Dude, what is this fruit anyway? It's awesome. Someone it, needs to get Martha different dope. <laughs> Do they have the remembering kind? <laughs> some, but some people are not cut out for some jobs. Martha? Yes, ma'am? I have a special notebook for our next D&D game. I have a notebook specifically for... Really? Is that dorky? No, it's awesome. So here's the story about the D&D thing, right? My son is 20 years old. Really never showed an interest in playing D&D. And as you've heard me talk about on this podcast before, I played D&D for a large amount of my young life. From about, I guess I wasn't really that young when I started. 26 years old, which is what? You're 26, aren't you, Nicole? Yes. Okay, so from Nicole's age to my current age. A few years back. But everybody on the D&D uh, group that I was a member of were all at least 10 years older than me. And we stopped playing when members began to die. Sad. Mm-hmm. I know. So anyway, uh, Dylan was raised around this. Those are the people that saw his first steps. This is very true. Yeah, was the D&D people? Yes. They were his extended family. And he picked up a lot. And mm-hmm. he's the kind of kid that never, ever showed an interest in that kind of thing. He's a jock. So one night, or when we were helping Vonnie move, his roommate started talking to me. I've always wanted to play D&D. And he started asking me questions. And then one night, Dylan calls me up and was like, hey, could you uh, play God for, for Dante and I? For D&D? I said, you want me to play D&D? Really? <laughs> so I did. I started, started this game, and then I was—I just sort of mentioned it to Vani in passing. She's like, "So, can I play? Can I play?" <laughs> and I said, "Hell yes! Come on!" And I'm really sad that it's been like a week and we haven't played. It's actually been—it's missed... been two weeks. Yeah, because we missed last week. Well, all the tornadoes and crap. I know. Fucking. You want to play too, Nicole? Alyssa's going to come. I am going to come. I don't know if I'm 
I have enough energy for that. <laughs> for D&D? <laughs> well, the great thing about D&D is it's like, um, it's you get to act out all your worst qualities and your best qualities because you can be someone else. And that's, it's very cathartic. It's very good for you. And uh, I was, I have to tell you that I was completely floored at how good my son is at that game. Except he likes to fight everything. He does. He wants to fight. It's like attack. Yeah. Well. He's playing the offensive game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's enjoying the hell out of it. And I didn't, I thought he'd kind of be rolling his eyes the whole time. And boy, he was in there. No. He was attacking, he was attacking the lizard people and me and Dante were kind of walking back, staying back going, our characters going, let's see what happens to him first. <laughs> uh, maybe we can revive him. Maybe not. <laughs> Don't die in there. <laughs> and if you do, can we have your stuff? <laughs> I want your bag of holding. <laughs> which, which is awesome. So this is going to become a D&D podcast eventually, I think. No. I was just kidding. I was watching Nicole's face. <laughs> I said it just so I could watch her. I'm just I joking. vote for the puppy podcast before <laughs> ooh, D&D. Ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah. I want to be on that one more. You'll probably Sorry. get takers for that, too. <laughs> I mean, oh. I'm all for puppies. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things to do is to sit and look at adoptapet.com so I can see dogs that and I can't And we have. wonder where your son gets his Dr. Doolittle it, bullshit. Except <laughs> I don't bring all of the dogs home. And her son does. I only oh. have one. <laughs> so did we, anybody read anything good this week? Yeah. I read something so awesome, but I have to wait till last, so... Well, I read a really good book, but like I was saying earlier, I read two books, and I really should go in order. And so. Why do you have to? Just do the well, one you Well, they were both to. good books, and actually, <laughs> I didn't have anything good in to read in the library, so I started going off of Martha's old wish list on her Metropolitan account. Which is fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> well, stuff- she has like 200 books on her wish list. Holy shit, so Martha! I- <laughs> And it'll tell you on the wish list if it's available, mm-hmm. available now. So I'll just kind of go through, and if it looks good, I'll, like, read it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> so I found a couple off of that. I'm really intrigued now because like, I Like, what no is idea. it? <laughs> That's an old wish list. I, I've had that forever That because that was from the old library card that I had. It sounds like my Amazon book wish list, and I'm, oh, like, man. really hoping nobody ever actually buys me anything off of that at this point. Uh, I'm going to look at it right like now. This stuff in the, I, the stuff in the first half of mine is still good and relevant, and then the back half, it's like, hmm... What was this about? This looks bad. <laughs> what? Di- why did you want it? I read The Devil Wears Scrubs by Frida McFadden. That was on my wish list? That was, this was on your wish list. Not quite sure why. This is not... This is like... A, it's a comedic romance, almost. Martha, you look offended by your own self. I'm offended by you myself. You are the one who put it on the wish list. I well, did not. If it, if it's in the comedy section, that's probably why. Oh. Well, it was pretty freaking hilarious. It was very smart-assy, and I like books like that. And it's basically about this um, doctor who is starting her residency at the, her ER residency. And, you know, I don't know if anyone's watched, like, like 
hospital drama series or anything, but residents like have very long hours and it's, it's, it's a hard job. I would imagine never done it myself, but it looks and sounds like it would be very difficult. And while she's a semi good doctor, she's not a great doctor. So she has a hard time like remembering things. And she always has like crumpled up sticky notes in her, her pockets and she has her um, person that she reports to is like a bitch to her all of the freaking time. And the uh, main doctor who she has to report to can't ever remember her name. And uh, <laughs> the because they don't make very much money, the hospital like has assigned them like apartments like that are extremely tiny with a roommate, but they're cheap so that she can afford it. And her roommate is just crazy as hell and just crazy in a very stuck up, her ass is squeezed so tight, a diamond's going to pop out of there kind of way. So, and then she meets this cocky, smart ass, sexy surgeon, and she has names for everybody, which I freaking love. So before you even know the surgeon's name, she calls him sexy surgeon for like five chapters. I love it. And like her roommate, she didn't know her roommate's name for a long time. So like she makes up a name for her roommate. And like it, it's just really freaking This is like hot neighbor all over again. I know, right? <laughs> it I'm like, had to be in the comedy section. That probably explains why it was on my list. So it was, it was pretty funny. And it didn't really have a strong storyline it kind of did but it just kind of told about her life and about you know her trying to get a hold of sexy surgeon before she knows that he's the resident surgeon on call and um leaving like a crappy message because he won't return her pages and you know her crazy ass roommate and how she has to give 24 hour notice before anyone comes over to her house to visit her. <laughs> and that sounds like Travis. That sounds like me. <laughs> I, I have to have a minimum of 24 hours. I don't like surprises. And she has to approve of it. Oh, first. that's weird. It was super funny. It was not very long. I read it in just a few days. Good and palate cleanser. It, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was a good palate cleanser. Even though it didn't have a strong ending or anything, I would probably give it a five just because of the very smart, assy way that it was written is like how we talk. <laughs> it was relatable. It was so relatable, especially her making up names because I make up names for everybody. It, even if I know, I'm like, you're like, who's that? And I'm like, oh. But that's I don't hot wanna... neighbor. A hot neighbor. What Who? did you call me before you met me? I don't think I had a name for you. Mm. I didn't see you very much before. Resting bitch face, perhaps? No. I do have a I have a big old resting bitch face. The only time I ever saw you was like at 7 a.m. at soccer games, and I wasn't paying attention to freaking anything except the coffee in my hand. That's fair. Fair enough. Okay. It's early. I mean, I did think you were a little psychotic for wanting to watch my child for free. Yeah, I know. When I didn't know you, <laughs> don't think I didn't go home and wa- and look you up you on Family told Watchdog me ten thousand times. You thought I was a freak, like, and I am a freak. That's true. Person gonna take off with my child or what? <laughs> but then it bloomed into this wonderful friendship. See what things can blossom. So, 
So uh, did you tell who was the author on that? Yeah. The Devil Wears Scrubs by Frieda McFadden. No, I was talking about before. She did. Yeah, I did at the beginning. Oh. It really didn't have an extremely strong storyline. It's not like it was like this dramatic thing that came to a conclusion. It was just like... Just like us. And it wasn't even like the first year of her residency and, oh my God, she made it through. It's like just this it's about like nothing. little <gasps> like snapshot. Is it like the green room or the, the green wing? A little bit. God, I it was love pretty that funny. Show. Maybe that's why you added it to your list. I bet that, that is could why. be. It's probably the, the same time that we were watching that yeah, show. Because the Green Wing is fucking awesome. It's I hilarious. Love it's that like show. it's like Scrubs, but a British version. It's in my list. I just haven't. There's so many things I have to be watching. Fair enough. But yeah, it was. At, I would say that if you need a palate cleanser, I mean, there wasn't like. A whole lot of like you know gnarly sex scenes. It, I would I mean, have hated that anyway if it had gnarly sex scenes. Well, maybe I should read it as a palate cleanse. I mean, I don't need a palate cleanse at the moment though. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I would suggest it. Is it time? That's all I got. Is it time for me? Okay. So <laughs> I read also a fucking great book, <gasps> like Martha did, and it's called Soulless by Gail Carriger. And the way this book starts is the first thing you have to know is that the main character, Alexia Tarabati, doesn't have a soul. What a cool name, first of all. Yes. Is her name? <clears throat> Alexia Tarabati. Tarabati? Doesn't have a soul? Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> <Come on, laughs> you're Come on You're now. stretching. You're pulling at straws, man. You're pulling it. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay, go ahead. So she doesn't have a soul, and she. this is a historical novel, and so she lives in England in the 1800s. And something else about the world she lives in, there are vampires and there are werewolves. Oh, okay. So we're in an interesting territory. Yes, we are. And so vampires live in these units called hives, and they have a queen, which I thought is really cool. And she's the only one who is able to make new vampires which was an interesting twist on the story. I'd never really seen that before. It's just her. And so there are different hives throughout the city of London. And then there are also werewolves. And they, as far as I could tell, pretty much anyone who's a werewolf can make a werewolf. It's not quite as hierarchical as the vampires. But so the book starts out and Alexia is being attacked by a vampire. But she, she fights him off and accidentally kills him which you're not really supposed to do without permission because all of this is highly regulated by the British government. So there's like a whole level of bureaucracy to this book that I wasn't expecting. Like every time that someone is killed, like without permission, because they all live in kind of harmony. And so the thing about Alexia is because she doesn't have a soul, she takes away the powers of supernatural beings. They don't work on her. So this vampire is really confused and doesn't understand why like, its fangs won't come out and why it's not strong anymore because it's around her. And she finds this really interesting because, like, everybody knows about her. They know about, they call people without souls, they're preternatural. Hmm. And so, like, they know about her existence, but this one hasn't been taught. And so, as it turns out, this one is not a part of the hive. Oh. And someone is illegally making new vampires because uh-huh. they have to get permission 
from the government so to make bizarre. a certain amount of new vampires. And they have to get the permission of the person to make them a vampire. It's super interesting. It's all it about was, consent. It was right? really cool. <laughs> it is all about and consent. And the same went for werewolves. Like, you have to ask a person, like, do you want, can I make you a werewolf? Do you want to be a werewolf? And if they say yes, then you can turn them. You know what this reminds me of? You know that what? part in, um, in, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm-hmm. where everything has to be stamped and approved by the, yeah. Yeah. You know, the bureaucratic yes. race, that everything has to be it's triplicate, kind of- and you have to have all the paperwork in order to get anything done. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And so the... So this bureaucratic kind of arm of the government has to come... Well, the bureaucratic supernatural arm of the government has to come and investigate the death of this vampire. And so the head of this, of part of this arm of the government is a werewolf. And so he's coming in and explaining and they, this is where it turns into a romance novel, Martha. Oh my God. (laughs) Just as I was thinking, I have to read this book. This sounds incredibly old. The romance is part of it, but it's not all of it. I feel like this book is interesting enough that you like... There's just a whole bunch of different things happening that I've never seen before and combined in a really interesting way. Stop beating that microphone around. My God, you are no control of my hands today. (laughs) Just gonna fold them in front of me. (laughs) But so, um, throughout the course of this um, investigation, it turns out someone has made kind of like a golem. Which was really interesting. You don't see golems very often. No. Not usually like mixed in with other stuff. And so he's made of, he's like this almost waxy figure. Ooh, it's like a golem mixed with a voodoo doll. Well, and they're trying to figure out because they think he might be attacking, you know, various factions. But as it turns out, he's been instructed to attack Alexia and come find her because she's preternatural and she's the only one of her kind in all of England. Mm. There's just one soulless person. But the story is really good. It was super interesting. I read it so fast because I was like, what's going to happen next? And, you know, what like fun turn is this book going to take? It was really funny. It's partly like a comedy of manners. So it's a little silly, Hmm. but I had such a good time reading it. It's the first book in a whole series called The Parasol Protectorate. And so I'm really looking forward to like reading the rest of it. So that was Solace by Gail Carriger. Hmm. That sounds good. It was so good. I had so much fun reading it. You know, I like some vampires and werewolves. You just don't get... I mean, it was super unique, and you don't get that very often. I was like, where? That's why like, I this like... must be new. I've never heard of it. No, it came out like it started like 10 years That's ago. That's why I like the Rook so much. <laughs> yeah. Because it, was, it just... was so different. It was very different. Yeah. It was like a bunch of things. It combined a bunch of things and mixed them up in a whole new way that I mm-hmm. hadn't really seen before. So. Cool. It was really good. Awesome. You've been awfully quiet over there, Nicole. Nicole! Are you online Sorry. shopping or something over no, there? I'm just canceling my Audible membership because I keep forgetting. Oh, I need to do that too, but then I don't know how. You just go on the website? Audible's website? Why would you want to cancel yeah. your Audible membership? I don't listen. Because I don't use it. Okay, good. It didn't. <laughs> I was worried it <laughs> did not. Well, you know. Let me keep my Now Audible that we're books. talking about Audible memberships. 
Bookbub. You've heard of Bookbub, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. They now have audiobooks. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check that out. The great thing is, is you don't have to sign up for a membership. You just get cheap audiobooks. There's a bunch of them on there for like three ninety nine. Ooh. So I'm like, well, hello there, big boy. Book bub, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of the good things about, I know I'm, I'm more into ebooks than anyone else, really. Yeah. But one of the good things is that sometimes they do like a deal because Amazon owns Audible. And so you get, I've gotten a bunch of them for like $1.99. Right. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Because they're expensive. I know. Like, I just they're like, not cheap. Yeah. I just don't have time to listen to them. When I do listen to them, I not, don't They're not retain for everybody. It. Yeah, they're not for everybody. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, I just, the only time I go to Audible is if I don't, I can't find it, like, at the library. Mm-hmm. And it's something you really, really want to read. <clears throat> yeah. And you might as well just, use up your credits before you cancel it. That's what I just did. Yeah, Yeah, they take your credits away if you cancel. Yeah, I have two credits. I guess I need to figure out what I want to get with my credits then. I just went and bought great courses. Oh, (laughs) well, there's that. Like one on literature and one on writing Mm. literature. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of in a book slump. I don't really know why, but Hmm. I was reading two books, The Killing of Karen Silkwood, which was really good, but it's nonfiction and like very logistical and Mm -hmm. paperworky. (laughs) <laughs> paperwork and then uh, i was reading another one called all the light you cannot see Which... or no 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 i lied i it was the light between oceans somebody's yeah, read that i've too. already read that I've already yeah read that so one. i was reading it okay. and it's great except i'm so like one of those books where you're like these fucking characters like get your shit together <laughs> bitches. Well, yeah that's what i thought too of the of the wife the Are wife and then the like wife? just like the self-deprecation of the The guy like anyways so i got like three quarters quarters of the way through and it's this beautiful book and like it's got a lot of meaning to it and all this stuff i just like just the thought of picking it up again like literally causes me pain like it makes me want to sick you should read all of it dnf i'm gonna have to because i think the ending will probably has a conclusion in the middle it's just kind of like i did the same thing because i was like what the fuck? What are you doing? But the, it it concludes to the end. And then, because I was reading both of those at the same time, too, it was just like, oh my... Double jeopardy. God. So there was like a good two weeks where I didn't read. So finally, I was like, I gotta get my shit together. Like, it's almost the end of the month, and I've read like four books. <laughs> so, uh, and Kayla's asking for, what did you read this month? Yeah. yeah. I know. I still gotta send her my list. So I picked up one that I had gotten in the mail from uh, St. Martin's Press, and it's one that you probably have seen quite a bit, but it's called The Mother-in-Law, and it's by Sally Hepworth, and it was really interesting. It's another uh, mystery slash thriller, um, but essentially it follows this, there's like three different uh, like timelines slash character. So you follow Laura, who is the daughter-in-law, essentially. And it starts the book out where she's at home and the cops show up at her house to tell her her mother-in-law is dead. They think she committed suicide, but they're going to investigate it as a homicide until they find proof of, which is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And this takes place in Australia, by the way. And so... um 
the Lucy is the daughter-in-law. Um, you start to see, you see her currently, and then it will switch to the past. But when it goes to the past, you see perspectives from the mother-in-law, who is Diana, and then Lucy, who is the daughter-in-law. And you, so you get both perspectives from the past. And so you start with like the first time they ever met and, um, the daughter had always wanted, cause her mother had died early. So she had this, like, she really just wanted her mother-in-law to become her mother and to be like, she wanted to be best friends with her and like, wanted to be able to come over and cook and like. You know, just like sort the dream. Like, sort of like I've always dreamed of having a daughter-in-law that I could do that stuff with yeah. since I just had a son. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and but then she re- kind of realizes, like, either her mother-in-law doesn't really like her or is super indifferent. And so you kind of get these glimpses of where, like, like uh, her son was asking her what she thought about Lucy, and he... Uh, his mom says like she's all right, uh, and like and but then uh, Lucy hears it too on oh, accident, geez. and then over time it's just it's not that the mother in law was treating her bad, she never really like was mean to her or anything. It was just she always seemed indifferent, mm. so it really hurt Lucy's feelings. So, anyways, when she the mother in law ends up dead, and the cops show up to ask not only her husband and her. But also, um, her husband's sister and her hu- that husband, um, like, do you know of anybody who would want to harm your your mother? And everybody kind of looks at Lucy, the daughter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Whoops. <laughs> um, and so you don't know why, because um, you see, like, you're going through this history with them, and you slowly learn. Like, all these ways in which... And you learn about the mother-in-law, too, and she's not a bad person. And you learn how, um, like, very early, so I'm not giving anything away, but she came from a very, like, upper-middle-class family, Mm -hmm. but got pregnant on accident when she was very young. And the family sent her to a home to have a baby, and she was supposed to give it up, and then... Um, just come back and pretend like nothing happened. Well, she gets to the home and decides she wants to keep it. So her family like cuts her off. So she, um, so you, you start learning that story and all, so it's very interesting Hmm. and you don't guess the ending really. I love it when that happens, when you don't guess the ending, when you got a twisty one and you don't guess the ending. Hmm. But I really like, I liked seeing all the different characters and she, I think that was probably my favorite part of this book is how unique the characters all are. Every single one of them has their own issues because you've got the the other sister who um, is like obsessed with having a baby but is about to turn 40 and oh. like can't get pregnant. And then her husband is kind of like this big bloke who whenever he comes over, he just looks for the bar like... I didn't like. <laughs> he just wants a drink. That mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, like, you learn her, like, the actual son is having trouble with his business. And so you, they all have their own problems. So you're kind of just like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> but it's really good. I really very much enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it had this, like, massive, like, action scene. As the climax, but it was 
I still enjoyed it. Cool. But it's called The Mother-in-Law by Sally Hepworth. That sounds really good. It mm-hmm. actually does sound good. Sounds like it's got... I like the ones where the puzzle... Where you don't see the picture on the outside of the box. Mm-hmm. So you can sit there and put it together completely cold. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. I love, just loved how it, because not only you're getting all the characters and then it goes from the past and you get <laughs> mother-in-law and daughter-in-law perspective. And then you get current daughter pers- or daughter-in-law perspective. And so, and it flips back and forth. So as they're going through the investigation and then you can go back and see like, their relationship building and their family history building. And so it was just fascinating. But yeah. Cool. All right. So you guys have to help me because I can't remember the name of the. Okay. It's the Lord of the Rings movie. The first one. Fellowship of the Ring. Yes. The woman who plays Galadriel. Kate Blanchett. Okay, Kate Blanchett. Okay. All right. That's what I needed. All right. So the reason that that's relevant is when I turned on this audiobook, the woman who reads it has the kind of captivating voice that just sent chills right up my spine. She had that in Middle Earth, you know, type, <laughs> type of thing. And I'm like, whoo! Because usually, I would say probably 90% of the time, when I pick up an audiobook that is a fantasy novel, I can't do it. And it's not, I, I think it has to do a lot with the narrator. They tend to pick guys. And the guys... I like guy na- narrators better well, than Well, so do women. I. I I'm, well, I'm not going to say I like them. But my issue is with the way they read fantasy. It just... It, there's a disconnect in there for some reason with me. I just usually have a, a real difficult time getting into the fantasy novels. So I usually just have to go read the hard copy. and Because I still like them. It's just that I can't get into them. So... This is called The Raven Tower by Anne Leckie. And the narrator is Ajoa Andoa. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but holy shit, this woman is good. She's really good. Um, And I suppose you have to have good material to begin with. This was an extremely unique book. It was written in the voice and perspective of an ancient god. A god that is a rock. Sitting on this lonely hill and she describes all of the changes that go through from the very beginning of the world. And then, you know, how people begin to come and make uh, offerings to her. And the way she learns to communicate So the story basically takes place when she and another god become friends. The other god is called the Myriad. And she basically inhabits the bodies of a bunch of things. Like insects or, you know, whatever. Well, this god is very... 
she, she doesn't really want to inhabit other things. She wants to be stay in her rock. So the myriad talks her into being transported somewhere. So they transport this enormous rock to this city. And then the other god, a third god, begins to take advantage of her and use her power for its gain. So the whole story is about this... It's about this God, but it's also about what's going on around it. So you have the power struggle of the, the different cities and all of these other things going on all at the same time. It, I know it sounds super boring. You guys are looking at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> to be it, fair, my sinuses are so bad right now that I'm like trying not to like. <gasps> I know, right? I know, I'm, I'm like, sitting still. quietly. <laughs> No, but Darth seriously, Vader in there. I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the only one. It was, it was such a unique book. I don't think I've. It's. I can't really compare it to anything. It's just giving me plant book vibes. It was amazing. You know what it made me think of it's is a, it's 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 really unique for for a couple of reasons. The first being it's a standalone fantasy novel. Really? Yes. That's not common at all. I know they always come in threes. It's got to be a series. This woman writes science fiction, mm. and she's fantastic at it. She's uh, ancillary, ancillary Justice is a masterpiece, which I loved as well. Um, but I picked this up because I heard that she had written fantasy. I was like, whoa, this is going to be interesting to see how a sci-fi genius writes fantasy. And oh, my God, or oh, this God. God that's a rock on top of the hill is actually its name. Was it also a turtle that Arturo had to go find? No. <laughs> In the swamps of sadness. Stop. <laughs> no, it really was good, though. It was really good. <laughs> Fuck you guys. And the ending. Oh, my God. The ending. This book was just about perfect. I really don't think that it could have been any better. I can't think of a single thing I would have changed. There's not very many times you're going to hear me say that. Wow. I love this fucking book. And I don't care if other people didn't like it, but I thought it was fantastic. And the audiobook especially, if you're going to read it, read the audiobook. It's called The Raven Tower by Anne Lucky. All right. You guys are totally underwhelmed by my choice, so whatever. I mean, woohoo! Yay, for fantasy. <laughs> but now, but to be fair, I do the same thing to Alyssa every week. <laughs> I see you. I'm listening. I just <laughs> For the record, sometimes I'm in the middle of my review and I look up and everybody's just like not looking at me and like on their phone. And then you're just like, oh, maybe I didn't want to give this review anyways. <laughs> I'm so always I think you, listening. So, <laughs> I mean, I always listen to you, but sometimes I feel like I distract you. Like if I'm <laughs> like over here just staring you down. Yeah, we all well, do it. <laughs> I've kind of been trying to like just look at my computer screen so I don't have that moment where I turn and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> People are listening. I'm pretty sure one time I've turned around and Martha's like digging through her purse and like <laughs> listening to an audio book and like, I don't know what's going on over there. I'm a multitasker. <laughs> I multitask. That's what I do, ask Fonny. I can talk, watch television, look at my computer, and do dishes all at the same time. <laughs> and she usually does. 
while I'm sitting on the bar stool, like just kind of watching her go through her house, do different things while we're talking. Yeah, I can't help it. It's a, it's a curse. I make her turn her audiobook off though when I'm over there. <laughs> <laughs> turn the that book off. Be, that would be rude. <laughs> For the record, I am also multitasking because loft is like fifty percent off. <laughs> what sale? What? <laughs> See, I knew you were sale. over there <laughs> online shopping. She's shopping. That website. I mean, is I've so been good. on Audible. <laughs> loft, like, I don't know what my problem is today, guys. <laughs> And then you want me to play D&D. Like, I can barely sit still for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was kind of looking up at boxer puppies while we were talking a little bit. Jesus. God. So. It's Saturday night. It is. In Oklahoma City. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a sale at Schlotsky's. (laughs) Austin Eatery. (laughs) The only thing we want to do is eat sliders. And giant... Cookies. Were you here when they brought the Yes. Food up? It was oh delicious. Oh my freaking God. I haven't had their sliders, but I mean, those freaking huge ass beef and cheddar sandwiches. You're going to love those sliders, girl. The uh, sliders were oh like. Oh my God. Like, those were so good. Really, like almost slow marinated. I'm so hungry right pork. now. I might. <laughs> they were spicy like, though. Because they had yeah. jalapeno in there. Mm. I mean, you, how many sliders do you get? Two sliders? I'm going to need like two four. of those. I don't know. Four. They brought up like these pans of them yeah. and you had to like but, figure out how to separate them. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there was there was a scuffle. Out there, I need to there, use we this almost coupon. Had, we and almost had fisticuffs in the hallway. Because, I used to you know, work in a newsroom on a cake day. Yeah, it can <laughs> it can get pretty cutthroat up in here. I don't care about the cake. I just want the meat and this the salted caramel pre- or cookie. Man, cookie. I need that cookie in my life. I need two it, cookies. We're getting to the point where at the end of the podcast, we're always fucking talking about food. I could it's talk the about next gra- it's the next best thing to books. It is and sex, food and books. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Should I bring in George Costanza on this? The combination of food and sex. Except All- I'd enjoy George Clooney <laughs> a little to- better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pastrami sandwich under the covers while listening to sports no. and having sex. All at the no. same. Time. Let me know how that pastrami oh. feels when it gets stuck no. on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for Three Foot Girls. <laughs> Eat the pastrami sandwich after the sex. <laughs> Don't put it in bed with you. You know how hard it is to get mustard out of the sheets? You know how gross it is to sit there and be on top and so many freaking pastrami burps in your face? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we may have to have two endings on this one. <laughs> Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.